Welcome. You're listening to Living Faith Podcast. Starry sky, see your hand in I'm going to ask some pretty pointed questions. Um, you know I like to provoke us with some questions. But if I might offer today, what, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? I mean, what is, what's Jesus really, what's he really all about? I mean, once we enjoy his salvation, what then? I mean, once the troubles are settled in our lives and our lives are better and improved and we have some good things going on, what's, what's the purpose of all this? Why are we here? I like to tackle some of those questions today and next week. Let me point your attention to Matthew 25. Matthew 25. These are the words of Jesus. These are the words of Jesus. Beginning at verse 14, Jesus shared this parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. Verse 19, after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where have you not sown and gathering where you've not scattered seed. And I was afraid. I went and hid your talent in the ground. Look. There you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming I would have received back my own with interest. 
So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Maybe you're familiar with this parable of Jesus. Even so, I help you, hope you will think through it with me again. Now, there's a great deal to learn from this short passage, and there's no way I'm going to be able to mine all the gold hidden there. But I'm going to do my best in this week's and next week's messages. You, you may. In fact, I would encourage you to take a few notes. To assist me today, as you can see, i got some props going on here. If you haven't caught the drift yet, these well exotically designed boxes are talents. Talents. I'll point to them, I'll refer to them along the way. They represent the three servants. Talents. What what are talents? Exactly what is the Jesus rather referring to? Well, practically they were sums of money. But as with all of Jesus parables they represented more than that we find that talents are a responsibility that the master left with his servants a responsibility to the kingdom talents are some specific privileges opportunities of the kingdom of heaven in modern times we could see these things perhaps as time or our abilities spiritual gifts, our energies, our, our personality even, our experience, our attitudes, material resources, etc. Things that are gifted from God, invested into our lives. Talents that were important to the master. They were from his own wealth that he shared them. Now, in order to reference these three different servants easier. I, I thought rather than saying one talent guy, two talent guy, that could get tedious through the course of the day. So I've decided to give them names. Uno. Dos. Cinco. Uno, dos, and cinco. It's easy to see when you read this parable. It's sobering. There are winners and losers in the parable, and the stakes are high. To one extent, it's the joy of the Lord. To the other, it's cast into outer darkness. Within that parable, there are powerful lessons, and any who desire the master's blessings should pay attention to them. I want to first examine what we want to avoid. Now, I'm going to make an assumption that all of us would like to avoid outer darkness, pain, and suffering. I'm, I'm thinking there's not someone saying, bring it on. No? No? I think we would like to steer clear of outer darkness and the Lord's judgment, pain, and suffering. 
None of the servants, I want you to notice, received these talents before the master departed. But when he left and he went to a far country and he was gone a long time, he left these things behind. But prior, they didn't have this responsibility. So it's new to these servants. Even though they had a relationship, they had an understanding with the master, this was a new understanding. And perhaps Uno thought that he could live under the master's care without this responsibility. Perhaps all of this time Uno had took into his mind, you know what, I should be able to just eat at the master's table and sleep in the master's home and enjoy all of the master's perks without this added expectancy. And, and now he and Dos and Cinco have to make a choice. They have to decide what will I do with the talents. Here's what I begin to think about. I wonder, did, did Uno bury that talent immediately or within a couple of days of receiving it? Did he, did he bury it after a long period of thought and consideration and conversation with some trusted friends? Did, did Uno have a chat with fellow servants Dos and Cinco and say, what, what are you folks uh, fixing to do with the talents that were given to you. And, and even if, if, if Uno decided right off the bat, if no more than it was in his hands, he decided, no, I'm not doing anything with this. I'm burying it. If it was even an immediate decision, can I help us to appreciate today that burying was a methodical process. He thought about, where am I going to bury it? Because he wanted to get it back. He intended to dig it back up when the master came back someday. So he chose the location and then having chosen a location, he had to decide the day or the time for the burying. This is something of value. This is uh, in their time something that would be stolen if others knew where it would be buried. And so he had to do it secretly. And when these were decisions were made. There was some intentional planning. There was some forethought. There was, you know what, I, I think first of all, I will, I will wrap up this talent. Now I don't want it getting dirty. I don't want worms getting in there. I, I don't want the container to be destroyed. I'm going to try to really wrap it up and take care of it. And then he he decides, how am I going to get there? And he has to transport this weighty thing. And he's got to hide it uh, on his person somewhere or in a pack or on an animal. And then he, he makes his way to the place where he's going to bury it. And then he takes to digging. Perhaps more robust than my example, but he's digging. He's putting a boot down, a sandal, onto that shovel and digging out a hole. Gets a place and finalizes a place. And, and what's going through his mind in this deliberate and methodical and intentional thing? 
And then he takes purposefully. He puts that talent down in a hole. And again, he takes to the shovel. Dirt covering it up. Purposefully. Methodically. Intentionally. What's, what's rolling through his mind as he buries that talent? After he's filled it over with the dirt, he, he stomps it down to bring it kind of flat again. He, he puts on top any vegetation that had been there. So it's not obvious that someone has disturbed the ground and that something is hidden there. It, it wasn't an immediate thing when he buried his talent. It wasn't as if he received the talent from the master and on his way home he was just running a little casually over a bridge and he dropped it off the bridge and into the river below and now he was without the talent. It's not a way it happened. It, it wasn't accidental. It wasn't immediate. It was intentional. It was methodical. It was thought by thought. It was step by step. It was shovelful by shovelful. And then I, I began to think even farther. Now he waits. And he waits. The master was gone a long time. And what, what goes on in Uno's thoughts during this time. What, what did Uno do? How did he act? I mean, really, what did Uno do for a living? Was he a farmer? Was he a shepherd? Was he a blacksmith? Was he a carpenter? How did Uno make his living? To survive, come on now, we know enough about this. To survive, he had to have worked for his own benefit. It seems he just wasn't willing to work for the master's benefit. I wonder if Uno thought about the talent now and then. I wonder if on his way to the market, on his way to visit family, he took a route where he could see if it had been disturbed. If he would know if anything had happened. What, what took place in his mind? I wonder if he ran into Dos and Cinco on occasion and if they brought up the subject of talent work and, and how Uno handled that conversation. While they shared success stories, what was rolling in Uno's mind? Did there, were there pangs of missing out on something possible? Were there pangs of guilt in his life? Over that long time that the master was gone, did Uno ever reconsider doing something with that talent? Did he ever revisit his decision to bury? We, reading the outcome, recognize he it seems he should have had. Because eventually the, the master returned to settle accounts. And so Uno went back. He dug it out. Brought it forward. 
going to make his presentation. There it is. Uno was the last servant to settle up with the master. I wonder if he was aware, if it was all three of them together, that he heard the report of the master in Cinco's and Dos's life. Uh, in light of their activity, I wonder if Uno felt the need to immediately justify how he had lived with what was invested in him. And so Uno offered, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you've not sown, gathering where you've not gathered seed. I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. And look, there it is what you gave me and I'm giving it back afraid he said afraid of what afraid of failure afraid of not being as successful as Dos and Cinco in fact Uno blamed his fear on the master the reason I didn't do anything with this it's your fault. He blames the master. I, it's as if he was saying, listen, I know you better than you know you. It's as if he's saying, I know me better than you know me. You made a mistake by giving this to me. You know, I haven't been around the kingdom forever, but I've been around a day or two. And in reading scripture and living among those who would profess Christ, it's not very often that people come clean with the master and say, you know what, I just don't want to. Rather, we offer up these noble-sounding excuses. We sound like Uno. We, we blame the master. Lord, you gave me this job. You started me on this career. I, I just don't have the bandwidth to work your talent. Lord, you gave me. Look at your blessings and provisions in my life. And now I have to take care of all of this stuff. Lord, I, I don't have time to do your work. Lord, you blessed me with a great family. Thank you for my spouse and my children and my grandchildren and my household. Lord, you have blessed me, and, and I'm responsible for them. Lord, you know I am, and, and I just don't have time for your talent anymore. Lord, you gave me this, this temperament, this, this personality. You know how... I interact, you know how I operate. Lord, I'm your creation, and I, I, I'm just not going to be cut out for talent development. Lord, you know, I appreciate this, but some time ago you gave me some talent, and I worked those for a while. Like, I've done my due. I, I got a good bank. I got a resume full of talent development, and so I just buried this one. Lord, really, why are you concerned about me? I just a, I'm just a one-talent guy. Look at, Dos is tearing it up over there. Cinco, my God, can that guy get her done? They'll take care of it. 
You got a, you got a kingdom full of cinco's and doses. You don't need unos doing their thing. I'll be good. Lord, you know how your kingdom works. Lord, you. Like Uno, sometimes you and I as susceptible humans embrace these noble-sounding excuses and we blame the master for our own inactivity. And so Uno says to the master, I didn't do what you asked because I was afraid of you. But the master saw it differently. And in our day and age, we might be more careful or cautious with our words. We, we might circle around and be a little more delicate to break the news. But in Jesus' parable, the master just laid it out straight away. When Uno said, I was afraid of what you would do and how you would treat me, the master said, you wicked lazy servant. I wonder how you and I would respond to such directness from fellow disciples. I wonder how quickly we'd be offended, grab our talent and run for the hills. The master laid it out there. You wicked, lazy servant what uno called fear as uno blamed the master the master had a very different perspective on the same action clovis chapel chapelle the preacher i like to read he says to refuse to try is the supreme failure i'm preparing for this message and I got a wonderful Bible resource program that has way too many resource books and uh, more than I could ever read through. But I, I probably read a dozen Bible scholars, 10 maybe, on this passage. And you know what? None of them had anything good to say about Uno. One of them said this, the buried talent represents a discipleship which consists of playing safe and achieving nothing. A religion concerned only with not doing anything wrong. Another wrote, he did not purposefully do evil, but by doing nothing, he was committing sin and robbing his Lord of service and increase. Another wrote this, the master's response to the third servant revealed his motive was evil, disloyal, and unloving. The servant's laziness was not because of a lack of ability or opportunity. The servant's safe behavior and apparent desire did not displease the master, or rather displease the master were smoke screens for his self-serving and disobedient heart. In reality, he refused to take any risks or do any work. He did not spend himself in the kingdom's interest. He was selfish, lazy, and arrogant. Man. Uno made a disastrous mistake. I wonder what he thought when the master declared, cast 
the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. According to Jesus, his kingdom of heaven is about more than you and I having problems solved and becoming better people, living better lives. Thank God that Uno is just a part of the story. In fact, thank God that the majority is dos and cinco. In a parallel passage, there are ten servants and individual talents, and only, and only one of them was like Uno, but nine were the profitable servants. Thank God. There are those who grasp what it is that really this kingdom is all about. Thank God for cinco's and doses that represent successful servant of their master. They were honored by the master's gifts. They, they were honored by the opportunity to use them and to engage them. And, and these servants gratefully accepted the master's gift. They recognized this. I have this talent because of the grace and the trust of my master. He didn't have to give it to me. He chose. He decided. Uh, he recognized. He put faith and confidence into me. And I, I'm honored to be able to serve him. These servants thought entirely differently about this. It wasn't an obligation. It was an opportunity. It wasn't saying, what are you making me do? It was, look what you believe in me to accomplish for your kingdom's sake. It's an entirely different viewpoint. In our faith group reading for this week, Warren Wearsby, and on being a servant of God, he writes that servants are channels rather than reservoirs. Now that, that truth, servants are channels rather than reservoirs, that to me is like a pressure release valve. That removes the stress of service. Because you see, as a servant, I'm not required to come up with, to originate talents. <laughs> he hands them out. He says, here's what I want you to do, and here's what you get to work with. I, I don't have to be a reservoir. I don't have to be a manufacturer. I don't have to be a creator. All I need to do is be a channel. All I need to do is say, thank you, and I'll put it to work. All, all I've got to do is say, wow, I am honored. Let me use what you have placed in my life. Conduits of the master's talents. What a relief to know that all that he inspires me to do, he's provided what I need to do the task. From him, we have what's needed. Dos and Cinco, they understood that. They also honored the master in his role in the kingdom. They credited him for their place in life. 
They recognized only his blessings allowed them to become trustworthy of his talents. They recognized, wow, wow, if it weren't for the master in the first place, I would never have had this opportunity. The apostle Paul explained the mindset like this. He talked to the Corinthians in the sixth chapter, don't you realize that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. Dos and Cinco realize the master has done so much for me that I owe him above and beyond anything he ever asks or desires of me. I realize it's all because of him that I am who I am and and everything he requests, it's a privilege to return it unto him. Which that thought in Dos and Cinco, it, it fueled another mindset. Again, I believe summarized by the Apostle Paul in Romans 12, 11. This verse now for weeks has been posted on the whiteboard in that office that I frequent. Never be lazy. Work hard. Serve the Lord enthusiastically. You know, the opportunities available through disciples that are here present and here online, the opportunities, they may differ in type, they may differ in significance, but the expectation of the master to all who would be his servants is the same. Use what you've been given. It's a direct, use what you've been given. You know what we like to do? We like to compare. I like to compare one with two and two with five and five with one. But the scripture says that's not wise at all. What I'm to compare is, here's what you gave me, Lord, and what am I doing with what you've placed in my lap? The comparison is, am I putting to use what he has provided? And the Lord knows us. He knows the potential in each one of us. He's designed potential into each of us. No one, the scripture made it clear, the parable is clear. No one was given more than they could handle, but neither was anyone given less than what they could handle. All of us are inquired and asked, and it's, it's of us to live up to our full potential by God's strength and with his wisdom for his kingdom. I tell you very simply what the Lord, the master, is looking for in each one of us. Here it is. Are you willing to try? Will you just give it a shot? Will you just make it an option? Will you, will you just endeavor to do what he's empowered us to do? Cinco and Dos, they used what they'd been given for 
the master's kingdom. Dos and Cinco further, here's another mindset. They recognized that just the gesture of giving the gifts reflected his confidence in their success. A couple of years back, not long after my dad passed, my mom called and, and wanted to talk about an opportunity at her church. Pastoral team had invited my mother to make some phone calls. They wanted her to represent the church and to represent the leadership. As we were talking, my mom said, you know, when they first asked me, my immediate thought was, I can't do that. But as we began to talk a little more, this is what she said. You know what? Since they asked, they must believe that I can. In her response, when she called her pastors back, she said, if you believe I can, then I will. The simple gesture of issuing the talent. It reflects the master's trust. Oh, would to God that the debilitating uno arguments would leave us. That they would depart and be run off by the holy power of God. I could go back in time and be in Uno's village. I hope I would tell Uno, look, man, don't bury it. A master believes in you. How do you know, preacher? Because he gave this to you. In purpose and in decision, something he valued, something that meant something to him. He placed it into your life. Stop blaming, stop excusing, stop arguing, and just follow what the other fellows are doing and live in the confidence that he will work through you. A couple of weeks ago, maybe 10 days, I, I spoke with a pastor. He t planted a church in a metro area some 20 years back. I preached there when it was just a couple of years old. They were meeting in a school building. During our short conversation, I got the impression that earlier in his service to the master, He figured he was a Cinco. Hmm. 
But over 20 years of serving and laboring and now looking back, his tone seemed to be maybe, maybe I'm dose. That what I was given and the results that are happening by common metrics, maybe I'm not the servant I thought I once was. Maybe this, I'm doing everything I can. I'm putting them all to use, but I, four is all I got. I don't got ten. I got four. And I hope I'll never forget what he said to me. As tears welled up in his eyes. But the Lord had faith in But the Lord had faith in me. Our humanity would want to compare and contrast and look at different things going on. But I want to have that understanding of Cinco and of Dos. The Lord had faith in me. The the gesture alone reflects the master's trust. And and maybe that's the most valuable mindset any of us can have. to, To humbly realize simply being invited to participate in the work of the kingdom is an invitation by a holy creator that he believes in me. Here's the amazing thing, the amazing thing. Because of right mindsets, because of of the right perspective and the right process, Dos and Cinco enjoyed four very important blessings from the master. Those who simply obey as directed. Four important, at least four important blessings from the master. First one is this. This parable bears it out. If you read the parallel parable in the chapter Luke It bears it out. Everyone who tried succeeded. Everyone. Everyone. 100% success rate. 100% that said, all right, you trust me, I'm going for it. The master's talents proved that they would multiply and work in them. The fear that Uno had was never realized in anyone who tried. The claim that he had is I'll never be as successful as my master would want is a lie that was told to himself and seeded by the enemy. That lie never bore fruit. The truth was everybody who tried, everybody who said, all right, you trust me, I'm going with it. They succeeded and recognized the benefit. That is the blessing of those who will say yes to the master's direction. The other three are recorded in Matthew 25 and 23. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. 
You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. First blessing is all who try succeed. Second blessing is servants are promoted. Servants are the master promotes the faithful. Engaging his investment engages kingdom promotion. The master advances the faithful, those who are consistent, those who are committed, those who are obedient are promoted by the master. What a blessing that is. Third blessing is this. Few things becomes many things. Few things becomes many things. You know, Dos and Cinco, they invested the talents. They doubled by the hand of God. As channels investing what was given, it doubled. But that's just a fraction of what happened. When the master evaluated and made accountable, he said, you're few things. These guys came back saying, man, we got double what we started with. And he said, you're few things are fixing to become many things. In my kingdom pursuit and working with people, I've been amazed at how God multiplies his kingdom in those who say yes. I've been amazed at just how much people grow who will just try. Will step out of sight of who knows denial and try. I got a text Wednesday evening from a young man, he wanted to talk with me, and so he called Thursday morning early. He's a 30-year-old servant, 30 years old. He's just been elected pastor of a very large congregation. He wanted to chat about a few things as he launched into his greater service in the kingdom. Now, I'm blessed to have known this young man for 25 of his 30 years. Throughout his lifetime, he's used the master's talents to bless the kingdom. That's a young man in his 30 years, I believe, has never been an uno. But he's repeatedly and faithfully chosen the paths of Dos and Cinco. I've watched with joy as his kingdom service just keeps growing. When servants will just try to use their talents as directed, few becomes many. And this final blessing, and then we're going to pray. I, I'm going to pray over this body. Blessing number four is the master's invitation. 
enter into the joy of your Lord. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Uno's problem is that he sees work only from fallen Adam and Eve. It's a hassle. It's a pain. It comes slowly, and I only do it because I have to. But kingdom work, that's a different deal. The master said, enter into the joy of your Lord. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Listen, if it's been a while or you've not had experience of being a channel of God's talents so that others would be blessed and grow, so the master's kingdom would go forward, then you probably don't remember or don't get it. But it is absolutely true. Dos and Cinco were not sad, belabored, shackled down uh, mules in kingdom service. Oh, no, they entered into the joy of the Lord. There is satisfaction and thrill in the kingdom of God to those who say, yes, I will put your talents to work. Not long ago, I finished a book entitled The Anxiety Cure. It's by Dr. Archibald Hart. He's a minister, a clinical psychologist, and professor and dean at Fuller Theological Seminary. I want to give you this quote because it talks about the Lord's joy. Remember, the book is entitled Anxiety Cure. If there is one domain of life, he writes, that I believe gives us a greater level of satisfaction than any other, it's being oriented to the needs of others instead of putting too much focus on our own needs. And then he writes this, I have never met a person who is genuinely focused on helping others, who is unhappy or dissatisfied with life. They seem more tranquil and at peace with themselves. There's some evidence in our modern times of that fourth blessing for those who live beyond themselves, who serve the master. Enter into the joy of your Lord. What in the world is Jesus all about? Beyond salvation and better lives and being better people, what's our purpose? What are we doing here? I believe Jesus gives us, gave us the answer. Our purpose is serving the master. Our purpose is to use his gifts for the benefit of his kingdom. He left this world. His kingdom is now in his servants' hands, in our hands. What will we do?
with his kingdom. Would you bow your heads with me? Master, Lord, we thank you for your many, many gracious gifts represented among those here. Lord, we know you've been away from this earth for a long time. You physically ascended centuries ago. And yet you've trusted us with your valuable talents. Thank you, Lord, for believing in us. Thank you, Lord, for your confidence in us. As you knew the frailties of the ragtag group of 12 that you invested in three and a half years. You, you see, oh Lord, among us and those right here and now, Lord, we're not, we're not perfect. We haven't got it all figured out. We have uh, uh, inefficiencies. We have still brokenness in our lives. And yet, you have displayed your confidence in us. Yet, you have offered and extended your forgiveness and your cleansing and the power of your Holy Spirit into our lives. Lord, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, for believing in us. Thank you, Lord, for believing in me. I ask you, Lord, right now to forgive us Forgive us, Lord, for any and all uno reactions and responses and thoughts. Lord, I ask you to forgive us, Lord, for any of those things that have tricked us and have deceived us. I ask you, Lord, to forgive us, Lord, of any shovelfuls of decision and any, any intentionality of putting away what you've given. Lord, may me never, may we never... Bury your talents. Instead, Lord, we pray your will. We pray your will in our minds, in our hearts, in our spirits, in our lives. We pray your will, Lord, the mindset of dos and cinco. We, we pray, oh Lord, your desire, the willingness, the obedience, and the those who will try attitude, Lord. We, we pray that into our spirits, oh God. We pray, oh Lord, that surrender and that design and, and that value and that appreciation, for we know truly that is your will. We, we welcome, Lord, your will and your purpose into our lives and quite candidly. I desire, Lord, the blessing that you have poured out on those who follow your will. I desire, Lord, the success that we see in your parables, Lord, for those who try. I, I desire, O oh Lord, the blessing, O oh God, of kingdom promotion, O oh Lord, uh, to go forward and farther in the work of your kingdom. We desire, O oh God, uh, that few things would become many. And we hunger for, Lord, that joy of entering into your presence, O oh God. We, we desire 
desire that, Lord, in every mind, in every spirit, in every household, Lord, in every servant, oh, Lord. Let us be in the majority. Let us be like the doses and the sinkos, Lord. Allow us to be your people, oh, God, who recognize your calling to carry your kingdom until your return such that when you come again, when that accounting takes place, we might stand as dos and cinco and be ready to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. As appropriate, would you put a hand on somebody beside you? Would you just reach over and pray for somebody near you and just pray, Lord, I, I pray of spirit and a desire, Lord, of dose and cinco. I, I pray, oh Lord, an attitude and a mindset of dose and cinco. I, I pray, Lord, that majority response into my brother's life, into my sister's life. I, I pray, oh Lord, that anointing and that desire. I pray, Lord, that realization of the powerful blessing blessings for those who just try, who are those who simply allow, for those, Lord, who say, we know you trusted us. I, I pray, God, your blessing as they step into, Lord, allowing your talent to be used, as they step into, Lord, a greater work, Lord. They're already doing some things now, but as they begin to allow, Lord, more to take place for your kingdom, I pray for your blessings to rest on them. I pray, Oh, Lord, for your promises to rest in their lives. I, I pray, God, that they would see it, that they would recognize it, that they would recognize it right away. Let your joy be evident in all, Lord, who are following after your anointing. You've been listening to the Living Faith Everett podcast series. Tune in next week for the next part of this series or join us online at livingfaithministries.church.